Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar, and we are here live at the AICPA Engage Conference in Las Vegas at the wonderful MGM Grand, uh, and we are super psyched to be here. It's been super fun. It's been a wonderful it's a lot of super, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right now we're talking to uh, a father-son team who own a tax firm of the future, and we're really excited to have you, Jason and Bernie Ackerman. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. So why don't you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your firm? I'm Bernie Ackerman, the founder of our firm. We were, uh, we're in South Carolina, right on the border of North and South Carolina, in a town called Rock Hill about 15 miles south of Charlotte, North Carolina. We have uh, been in practice for almost 40 years. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, we have some longevity. Yeah. And uh, I started the firm in, in 1977 and came from a large firm, Deloitte, and decided to go on my own after four years being with Deloitte. And it was the best decision I ever did. <laughs> and uh, along the way, I got, I got married and had this guy. <laughs> I was your nine. Who <laughs> really, growing up, I'm not sure accounting was on his mind. I said I'd never. Were we allowed to curse on this thing? <laughs> I said I'd never be a CPA. But here I am. Never say never, right? So, um, yeah. So, how did, did you, when did you come in to the firm? So, I, I uh, went to school in New York, and then I worked at KPMG for a couple of years, and then I decided that that place was not great for me. So I needed to come back um, and at least tell my dad early on if I was going to take over the practice because I didn't want to leave him in a bad spot if I didn't really like it. And then he's 70 years old and then he has to sell the practice <laughs> to somebody else. So I really, yeah. I really wanted to give him time. But I really have enjoyed um, really helping the firm transition to the next level. I think that's my goal is to take it from my dad's generation and he obviously did a really great job in building the firm but it, now it's my job to take it to the next level so so you grew up saying you never wanted to be a cpa but then you ended up at kpmg so what happened in between there well <laughs> if you want the story i went to nyu and i was in the business school and uh you were either finance marketing or accounting and marketing weren't getting any jobs. Okay, all the, well, all the finance it. people were assholes. <laughs> so I was like, I'll get this. I think the CPA is hedge fund. Okay. Or BNA CPA. Don't yeah. hold back, Jason. Like, tell us how you really feel. But I, I mean, getting a CPA is the way. If you want to be in any part of business, once you get the CPA, that's a great stepping stone yeah. to where you want to go. So that was really my plan: is to get the CPA and then see where it took me and now I'm here. Yeah. So w what I love about your story is, is that your firm has changed significantly. And um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about um, when it started to change and why it started to change, Bernie? Yeah. Let me, let me um, sort of start. We, our firm was always relatively progressive. 
during the times when CPAs weren't as progressive as they are today. Of course, times changed. And um, as the technology scene came on in the early 80s, we, like other firms, changed and um, became high tech. And I, I would say that we were probably in the 10%, top 10% of the firms that were in that technology craze and doing everything we could in the 80s and the 90s um, to, to be high tech, start eliminating paper, realize that your processes had to change, but weren't were as aggressive as changing as we were when Jason came aboard. And so Jason, it was, um, um, but we had a good firm. We, we, you know, we, we started out in 77 with zero and built up to a $2 million firm at the time that Jason came in. And, um, but it was, it was a, a traditional practice. We, I learned at the, in, in the beginning of my, my deal that auditing wasn't for us because we didn't have the critical mass to make auditing a profitable mm -hmm. practice for us. So we were a comp firm, uh, tax firm, 25% of our business was, uh, and, primary, and still is, individual tax practice, and 75% um, is a little bit of everything else. A lot of, uh, we do, our niche is dental and um, oh, okay. um, medical and now attorneys, professional folks. Gotcha. And, uh, and so that's where we were when Jason yeah. came in. So let me ask you this, Bernie. What was it like for you when Jason said he wanted to join the firm? Oh, I, I, I wanted him in the firm. Yeah. He was a you tough know. negotiator, though. <laughs> took a page to come back. We had a, um, I had a, a mutual friend, Sid Kess, who everybody knows, you know, mm -hmm. the guy. And um, I had him talk to Jason. When Jason told me, you know, he was getting ready. He says he was going to leave KPMG, but really he was looking at transferring with them to the West Coast. So that was when I said, you know, you need to come south and take a look at our firm, and uh, you, you, you'll really be a great addition to BNA. And so I had Sid Kess who went and who was, uh, I, think he, I think he retired as a partner with KPG. told Jason, yeah, those guys really don't know what they're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go join your dad. Like, there are going to be a lot of... Uh, uh, <laughs> I hope KPG like, is a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, they wow. do know what they're doing. So I told Jason they're, very, they're a very profitable big yeah. firm, so they know what they're doing. It's just a, it's just a whole different mindset right. than the small firm, as you guys know. And I think Jason took that in consideration, too, and then he made the decision to come south. So, I mean, I'm just fascinated by this because I think it's, you know, I think it's a story for a lot of firms, you know, but how did you, how did you negotiate that? Like, did you come in and were you like, okay, I need X, Y, and Z, or did you like, this is how it's going to be from now on? Like, how did you both sort of... No, it wasn't like that. I mean, okay. we have a relationship where it was kind of, it was more, what I was nervous about was coming in and being the sun and, and it could go two ways. It can go, everyone hates you because you're not working hard and you're just, you know, kind of getting the benefits or you can work hard and prove yourself. And that's kind of the road. I, I hope I took, I have to ask the team members how they feel. <laughs> um, but I think what my dad was really good at, even before they had, you know, the buzzwords of today, he really built the firm on the two core principles, which I think is client service, put your client, do everything you can to make the client happy and building the culture of the firm. So really focusing on making your employees happy, having low turnover, making sure they're taken care of and they feel part of the team. So my dad had already set that foundation mm -hmm. from the very beginning. I mean, um, and then 
what we've done over the last four or five years, uh, really it came back and we we're actually at this conference. Jody's session was called, so you're taking over your dad's practice. Now what? And I was like, I should probably go to that one. That sounds relevant to me. <laughs> so I went there and then they started talking about getting rid of timesheets. And that was really our first impetus. So, you know, I always knew that keeping track time didn't make any sense because the way we were billing, we were basically value billing. We weren't billing by the hour, but we were still keeping track of all this time. And I was just didn't know how to get rid of it. And then I went to your session, Jody's session, and she radical idea at the time, which was get rid of your timesheet. So, uh, it took us after that conference, it took us about eight months to kind of make that decision. And then really once we got rid of our timesheets and started value-based billing, that's really just led us to all of our different cultural changes. I think that's the big first change when a firm, if they can make that change, that change leads to all these other changes that really makes your firm attractive to younger people. And Bernie, what was your reaction to that when he said, you know, get rid of the timesheet? You know, I was in favor of that. That same conference, I, I had just... Um, His first point. reaction was, you're crazy. No, no it, wasn't, it really wasn't. I, all these 30-plus years, I knew that keeping time didn't make any sense. But I didn't know an alternative way yeah, to, right. to run a firm. And, yeah. and, and, to, and what I thought was managing a firm with your time, which we really never did anyway. And it, you can't manage a firm with your time. So then I became, uh, you know, we had Jody and then uh, Jason and I went to a couple of Baker's, Ron Baker's um, mm -hmm. classes. And then we, we read his books and, and I became just convinced that that's the only way to go. And I'm going to tell you, that Jason's right, that was the biggest shift in our firm because once you got rid of the timesheet, it just made a whole different kind of atmosphere in, in, in your firm and your people and your new hires. Boy, when they realize you don't have to keep time, they're yeah. just they're just delighted. Yeah, I was going to ask you how, how your team reacted to oh, that. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. They really did. Um, and it wasn't easy. Now, you know, as we tell, we're in, a, we're in the mid-size AICPA group with 15 other firms, and we're trying to convince them to get rid of their timesheets. And, it's, it's, and as I told them, it's, it's not easy. It's a lot of upfront work, especially with your legacy clients. We lost a few clients uh -huh. that they, they didn't want to be billed that way. They didn't want a fixed price agreement. They wanted to be billed by the hour. And I said, listen, we're not keeping, I can't bill you by the hour anymore. We, we, we don't have any timesheets. You either have to do it this way yeah. or you're going to have to, you know, go elsewhere. And, and that's what happened. And it, it, it turned out to be the greatest thing we did. And so how did you end up adjusting your pricing structure? Well, I'll tell you, our legacy pricing stayed almost the same. We, yeah. we, we have three tiers. We're, we're uh, bronze, gold, platinum. Mm -hmm. And so we tried to fit our uh -huh. legacy guys into the gold um, arena um, and bumped up their price uh, some, telling them, hey, this is the additional services you're going to get. No charges for phone calls, no charges for email. But we were already blah, doing fixed price for our individual clients. I mean, it's not like... We were looking at the timesheets to bill. We yeah, looked at right. last year's bill and then upped it to $10. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's no, what but most it was more, firms do. But it was do. more for the business clients where we were billing on, on, yeah. on time. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, obviously the legacy clients wanted to have this, you know, I like the idea. We want to, most of them, most of your clients really want 
I mean, your customers want a, a fixed fee. They want to know what the yeah. service is yeah. going to cost and what it's going to include and, you know, what am I going to get? Just like when you go buy a car, you know, you don't, right. it's, it's one price and, and that's what's it. And, that's, but, and, and they loved it. I'm going to tell you, the, the reception was, was Yeah, incredible. it's harder. It, it, the hard part's not the clients. It's the team, getting the team buy-in because, especially for the older people, they see their worth as the time they put in, not the value they're creating. Huh. And that's the biggest yeah. thing the for, that to, them, to change their mind. And it's taken, I mean, we still have a couple legacy, you know, older people that still haven't fully made that switch. And it's been four years since we changed. So it's, it's an ongoing process. Um, but it's, it's very for for, um, uh, for, for, our, for our older team members, I think it's, it's very difficult to really grasp the concept of concept of value billing uh, but what it's really worth it's it's really they're looking at what's worth to them instead of what it's worth to the customer right. and you have to get over that hurdle to say yeah it's easy for you to do this but this has a lot of value and this is right. what you need to be billing your customer and for. so do you think that that really is the way like um, CPAs are going to have to move in the future because oh, of the no technology changes no and how everything you know, else is changing. With the technology, in my day, you know, in, in the 80s, we said, oh, we'll put a $25 technology charge onto the bill. I mean, it didn't make, that didn't make sense. I couldn't yeah. figure that out either. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it covered. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. Is that an abacus fee? It didn't make sense. So, no, I think, I think, the, I think once folks will get these... Um, change their attitude of, of what really the key performance indicators are instead of what they're using now and what they should be using, timesheets will go. So how did you notify your clients that you were making this change? Did you send them a letter? Did you just sort of make the change and explain it to them? Or how did that happen? It, the, the individual clients, like Jason said, I mean, you know, we do... We had to explain to them because we do we send the engagement letter in our Fitz Price Agreement before they came to I their see. meeting. We yes. still meet with our clients, which... Yeah. I, we might get into that later, but so it's just a communication. Just yeah. The business us. clients, so we, we tried to meet with. Yeah. Especially yeah. our bigger clients to explain. You know, and they all exactly loved it. I'm telling you, I said, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? Yeah. I said, I just didn't know. We literally yeah. lost, we lost <laughs> two clients. Yeah. We have 3,000 clients. We lost two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so what has been the ripple effect from doing that? Because you said that was the big change. That was a major shift. So wh- what else happened? Yeah. So, the first, so the first thing is... You know, even if you have flex time, if you have mandatory hours and you're doing everything by the hour, f- people feel like they have to be in the office right. and FaceTime. So once they feel alleviated from that FaceTime, they really start working where they want to work, the hours they want to work. It just it freed up that part. It just took a stress off. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think that we have enough stresses in our life as CPAs that we need to get rid of all these stresses that don't make any sense. Timesheets are one of them. What you wear is one of them. All these little things that don't matter that are important to some partners at these firms that aren't important and millennials don't understand that. So that, that was a really big thing. So we have a bunch of young moms in our office. They, once we switched off, you know, we always told them, you know, you can go home and work from home, but they, they really started doing that after we got rid of the timesheets. And that, I think that was just, just really opened them up just right. to realize, you know, we never looked at the timesheets anyway <laughs> to do any management, but, you know, there was always that they're looking at everything we do all the time. And now it's just, you have to trust your staff because you're, yeah. you're hiring professional CPAs. You're not right. hiring McDonald's workers, <laughs> you know, McDonald's workers, you need to watch all the time to make sure they're doing stuff right. CPAs, 
you don't need to do that. Right. right. It gets rid of the clock watchers, yeah. too, right? And it allows them to really own what they're doing and put more of themselves in. Yeah. Right? I and would we, imagine. Exactly. And we've always had another big part of our firm is we don't have titles. So okay. And we only have one partner. He's the benevolent dictator. I'm not president. It's an S-corp, so he's a president. Uh, but, yeah, so we don't have titles. So... That what that means is there's no excuse for our, our younger team members to say, oh, you know, I'm just an associate. I can't do this. Everyone, right. Everyone's on a level field. So when they come in and they're having, we give them client interaction pretty much on day one. But they're responsible for their clients at the very beginning. And they, they can't come up to me and say, you know, you're, you're the partner in charge. You need to handle this. I tell them, you know, you're the partner in charge. This is your this is your client, and they like that. that yeah, because right. they they want the responsibility, and they want to know that they're helping their clients. They don't want to draft an email and then send it to the senior who's going to edit it and send it to the client. I mean, right. they, they want and, and talk to the client. I mean, really, yeah. They they firms want that don't allow their junior members to talk to the client is just insanity in my opinion. Well, so, it, it is because um, I mean, it doesn't help with the it's relationship. Like, it's like letting the teller at the bank not talk to the person that drives in. <laughs> yeah, you have to write money. a note yeah, to the bank attendant <laughs> to give the money. <laughs> you know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It never made sense. And, and I really believe, I've been preaching this for the last 15 years, that the structure of, of CPA firms has got, has got to change. Um, most firms spend more time solving partner issues than solving client issues. I really believe that. I, I, if you get a multi-partner firm, it's, it's always dealing with partners and by this partner is getting this and this one's not and that kind of thing. And it needs to be structured more in the corporate setting, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. So you got rid of timesheets and then other things changed. So what other things changed? Our big thing is technology. So I think we're in the top 0.01% of accounting firms, especially traditional tax firms that uh, use technology. So we're a big zero uh, house. Um, that's our preferred accounting vendor. But we've really just tried to leverage the technology so we can spend more time with our clients. We, we from the beginning, have been the best of breed. We're, we're not going to get caught in a suite of products from a particular vendor. Jason's always out there. Sometimes he's, he, he's probably changing too fast. We, we, you know, we're, we, we, he said he's finding all these new products, which are basically really good most of the time. But, but, uh, but we're looking for, you know, we're always looking for a better mousetrap that, that fits for our, our practice. And it's a culture of change. I mean, we've created a culture of change in our firm, which means, you know, we're going to change and we're going to have the best stuff. And that's just our culture. So we're not going to be a lagging indicator. And, and people understand that. And, it, it, you know, it, different people in the firm, everyone has a different change tolerance. Right. But everyone knows that our brand is we have the best technology. Everyone, I'm talking about our team members, understand that. And they know, like, you know, we're going to offer you the best technology. You might, we're not going to force it down your throat sometimes, but you're going to have the best technology at your fingertips. And, and that's kind of how we built our culture. And do you think having the best technology facilitates the growth and the rest of everything in your firm? Because um, there's been studies that says like the firms that adopt technology quicker, faster, better, um, do better. So we, do you think that's, a, that's true? Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole point of technology, it's not to, some people think that 
use technology to get rid of talking to your clients. The whole point of technology <laughs> is to allow more time to talk with clients. Right. So technology replaces the compliance and the mundane tasks. That's what technology is for. And that saves a bunch of time. So, and then it allows everyone on your staff to be the advisors. And that's what people want to do. People don't go to college and say, I want to type on an Excel spreadsheet all day <laughs> and reconcile bank statements and do check marks. That's not what people want to do. People want to help clients succeed. And that's right. what I want to do. I think that's what you guys want to do too. So that's, that's really what we're building. And that's, you can charge more for that too. You charge for, people want advice. They don't. About $25. <laughs> $26 fee increase. But people, people expect now from their CPAs to give them advice. That's, I mean, if you're not giving advice and if you're just a tax return factory, you're going to get replaced by TurboTax or something else. You know, one of the big issues in, uh, in, in, our, in the whole industry today is that they want the, the new team members to be critical thinkers. And that is true, but by the same token, you can't become a critical thinker unless you're taught to how to be a critical thinker. Right. And you know, a lot of, a lot of this, this, the uh, uh, graduates that come in need to be put in the situation where they have to become critical thinkers and not like the olden days where they're just checking off vouchers against, you know, checks against uh, uh, invoices and that kind of thing. And the biggest thing is mis you're allowed to make mistakes because you're not doing brain surgery. If you mess up a tax return, no one's going to die. You can always amend the tax return if, if there's penalties Jason, involved. Jason we'll and I it. are not looking for perfectionists. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's how you learn. You learn from making your mistakes and... Someone in our group said, if you, if you don't look at your tax returns you did two years ago and find mistakes, then you're not learning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you, you, just, you have to, you just have to be, you have to let people make mistakes. And I think that's a, people are so afraid to make those mistakes. That's the biggest thing I have from our younger team members is they're scared to make a mistake. And they, and I just tell them, you just make a mistake. I'm, no one's going to yell at you. That's so awesome. And so do you have a long line of people that want to work with you now? Cause oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. We have, like, we just hired four people. I was a little, this is the most hiring we've ever done in one period of time. And I was a little nervous to see, you know, we get 10 or 15 resumes a week. We're 26 people. Wow. So, uh, I mean, that's just on our website, just applying. We don't, we're not on any of the job things. So I was a little nervous with four people. We hired four people. Really good great people within two <laughs> weeks after tax season. It was pretty amazing. So, yeah, I mean, th when you look at the AICPA list, it's like How attracting and attaining talent is the number one problem right, for firms. Right. It's Don't like, you think it, they need to look and see why they're having trouble with that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, mean, there, there's a solution to that problem. Yeah, your culture yeah. sucks. That's why no one wants to work with you. I think they need to listen to this podcast um, pick up some tips. So yeah. how do you use social media? Are you guys As a on, firm? Yeah. Um, Do we, you use we it? We really don't. We use it mostly Instagram, but we really don't We don't use it that much. I'd, I'd say the biggest driver for us is our website. Okay. Our website is, uh, our website is a really, um, we, get, we get a lot of referrals, clients from the website, and we also just, from our present clients, just say, hey, man, we, we really your, like your website. Was your website featured in the AICPA? Or it was we were in the Journal of Accountancy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought in it May, was. In May. Yeah. yeah, see, they have a really good website. I have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. BNACPA.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the future look like for you, Bernie? And then I'll ask you, Jason. Well, you know, my, my role is just going to, I'm going to eventually 
be the mentor. And um, I'm already cutting back on the, the amount of people that, we, that I see and just try to keep um, teaching these young folks and our team to be critical thinkers. I think I'm a, a pretty good critical thinker yeah. most of the time. And I, and I, want, I want to try to just um, transfer that knowledge to them and, um, and just make sure we, the whole, you know, we've got a great client base and I think we'll always have a good client base, but, but we, I want to just make sure our team just focuses on putting our clients first. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, and I think my dad's role, he's, I'm definitely not kicking him out. He can, <laughs> he's the biggest asset for the firm and he'll be the biggest asset for the firm till he dies. So I, and I, he loves what he does. So yeah. why, why am I going to tell someone who loves what they do <laughs> that they have to leave? And he, and the biggest thing... That Plus, I'm the majority shareholder. <laughs> well, yeah. When you own 100% of the company, you can't really tell the person what to do. <laughs> but, but the other thing, too, is just creating a culture. Our biggest thing going forward is creating a culture of learning. So what we haven't done the best job of in the last couple of years is making sure that our younger staff comes with us and really learns from us. And that's our big focus over the next... I mean... Forever. <laughs> Forever. It is to make sure every meeting I go to, I'm taking somebody. Same with my dad. Like every single one that we go to, because that's how people learn. And, and my dad has 40. Don't tell uh, him how many years. How old are you? <laughs> You're 34. So he's got seven years of experience. <laughs> but so, I'm, I'm going to tell you another one of the um, successful things that we've always done that you can pass along to your listeners is, and Barry mentioned it today, finally the ICPA is realizing that there's a lot of talent in, those, in our high schools in America. Yeah. Well, we started about 20 years ago hiring high school interns, and our state had an internship program for um, manufacturers for high schools, but, but not for professionals. And they finally realized, hey, you know, there are no more textile plants around here. So they moved, they moved to, and we were the first, we were the first professional firm in the state yeah. to have 11th grader come in and, and be a high school intern. Well, that has evolved to such a, to a state now that we start with high school interns. A lot of them go to the local college. They work for us for six years. We pay and, for their college. And we pay for their college. Wow. And then they, they come in to work with us. And so we can start them out at more than comparable s- salaries that they can get or comparable salaries that they can get in the larger cities with bigger CPA firms. That's amazing. Because we've already trained them. You yeah, know, they, uh, right. They're already, they can hit the floor. Right? They, they, know, they know as much about the firm as, yeah, in, it's as not, anybody. It's not rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> It's common but, sense. But, but this internship program is, is, is really important. And, and, it, and again, it, it gets you the, the people you need. Well, you guys are obviously leaders in this. And it's, thank you so much for being here, Bernie and Jason, and sharing your story. It's a phenomenal story. It is. And it's a great I story. I cannot wait to check out your website and follow along. And um, Come visit us. <laughs> okay, yeah. road trip. Let's go. Let's go. We'll, we'll do take, the podcast. <laughs> let's get radical on the road. <laughs> okay. So thank you very much for being here and we will be back with some more interviews so stay tuned Thanks. 
CCH Access from Walters Kluwer has the power to grow, manage, and protect firms in motion through its integrated modules. These include tax preparation, centralized document management, improving client services, streamlining accounting, and managing your projects and deliverables. Accelerate growth, enhance management, and protect your organization's reputation. Visit cchgroup.com to find out more or register for a demo so we can show you what we do. That's cchgroup.com. First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com. Engage your learning. Engage your network. Engage your future. The AICPA Engage 2017 event happens over four days, Monday, June 12th through Thursday, June 15th at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. There are six conferences at the event, and you can attend one session, any session, or all sessions. Plus, if you can't make the trip, you can still take advantage of attending the event online. If you're in the accounting profession, this is a can't-miss event. Visit AICPAengage.com to find out more. That's AICPAengage.com. 